Well, hello, everyone. My name is Andrew, and I serve as a pastor here with the Hallows Church. And I stand before you in this moment with a heavy heart like many of yours. And like many of you, my, I'm having a hard time finding the right words to process and to address the current state of affairs in our city in cities across our country and even around the world as people are fed up. They're fed up with racial injustice and inequality. And, and so I'm thinking and processing and engaging all of these happenings as, as, as first and foremost as a follower of Jesus. The fact that I'm trusting the gospel, believing that God loves me and that God loves all people, believing the way of salvation is not It's not by the works of human beings, but by the work of Jesus who lived and died and rose again. And and so I'm processing all the happenings in light of gospel realities, and I'm thinking these situations through as a pastor who has the privilege of shepherding hearts towards what it looks like to love God and to love people, what it looks like to follow Jesus, even in moments like this. And I would like to share with you uh, some reflections that I've had over the past couple of days. One of my favorite verses is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, which, which tells us that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. There's a word of warning there that God resists and opposes the proud. But there's also a word of hope that God gives grace to the humble. So I was like, which do you want? Do you want God's opposition or do you want God's grace? Do you want to proudly resist the way God has created and designed us to be, or do you want to humbly embrace God's ways, checking any stubborn racist tendencies that lie dormant or even active, actively erupting in your heart or in your mind in this, in this moment? You know, when Rosa Parks refused to move to the back of the bus, I believe she epitomized humility. And I believe God gave grace by inspiring and energizing a movement towards racial equality and equity, not simply because of her obvious courage, which was certainly there, but because of her overlooked humility. It takes humility for people to say, I know my place in this world. It is neither above nor beneath anyone else that that I am a human being created in the image of God, just like everyone else in this diverse human sea. And as such, I have as much of a God-given right to be here as anyone else. It takes humility to say that. In humility, people created in the image of God take their seat at society's table. But in humility, those already seated make the necessary room. And sometimes the humble people, those who are humble, have to change tables altogether, leaving behind those too proud to scooch over. Those who perpetuate the mistreatment of ethnic minorities via overt actions or even silent indifference. See, advocacy from members of the ethnic majority is needed, but so is solidarity. This is especially true for those who follow Jesus. The church in particular has a responsibility to promote the kingdom of God's ideals in every nook and cranny of society. Now our goal is not to turn Seattle into heaven for that will never be, but our goal is to give Seattle a taste of heaven. To give Seattle a taste of heaven in the here and now. One day Jesus will return. 
One day, Jesus will make all things new. God's kingdom will then be occupied, shared, and enjoyed by people of every nation, tribe, and tongue. In fact, we will all share a banquet table together. And as followers of Jesus in the church of Christ, we get to call attention to that future reality now. We get to call attention to that future reality now by how, in humility, we make room at society's table by promoting the equal and just treatment of all races. Martin Luther King Jr. spoke prophetically to the American church and her proud unwillingness to make room at the table for people of color. He said, in the midst of blatant injustices inflicted upon the Negro, I have watched white churches stand on the sideline and merely mouth pious irrelevancies and sanctimonious trivialities. In the midst of a mighty struggle to rid our nation of racial and economic injustice, I have heard many ministers say, those are social issues with which the gospel has no real concern. He then pleaded with the church to recognize the difference Jesus makes in all of life, including how Jesus addresses social concerns. And he warned the church of being caught in the crosshairs of God's resistance, in the crosshairs of God's opposing of the proud. He said there was a time when the church was very powerful. It was during that period when the early Christians rejoiced when they were deemed worthy to suffer for what they believed. In those days, the church was not merely a thermometer that recorded the ideas and principles of popular opinion. It was a thermostat that transformed the mores of society. But the judgment of God is upon the church as never before. If the church today does not recapture the sacrificial spirit of the early church, it will lose its authentic ring forfeit the loyalty of millions and be dismissed as an irrelevant social club with no meaning for the 20th century. Now, Martin Luther King Jr.'s words have not lost their prophetic appeal. They continue to ring true today. Perhaps the flashes of violence and the apparent unraveling of the social order occurring in cities throughout our country is but a real-time manifestation of God's resolve to resist the proud. Cities and cultures eventually reap what they sow. And although not every member of society is guilty of racist or unjust actions, it only takes a little yeast to leaven the whole batch of dough. And perhaps we've reached a breaking point as a society. We are certainly showing our cracks. That may be tempting to condemn all the current protests due to all the chaos that have been ensuing. And of course, we want to condemn any expression of violence or vandalism or looting. All of that is to be condemned, but... Just as wheat and weeds grow in the same field, peaceful and hostile protests often occupy the same streets. So we must resist the temptation to dismiss viable concerns of injustice and much-needed societal changes because some weeds have mixed in with the wheat and are threatening the fields. So as followers of Jesus, let's continue 
Let's continue to protest through peaceful means of advocacy and solidarity. Let's do the hard and humble work of making room at society's table for all races. And yes, let's pray for God's kingdom to come and for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as we pray, let's let's lift our voices to one another and move our feet towards forming a more just society for all of her inhabitants. Let's make room at the table for all races. That's what peaceful protests are designed to do. That is what the church should be encouraging throughout our society.